This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Good morning. I hope you get this in time. My family and I made a trip to Bacolod City, Philippines. Unfortunately, we were mugged at the park of the hotel we were staying. All cash, credit card, and mobile were stolen off us, but luckily we still have our passports with us. Carolyn got beaten up because she was arguing with them. She is presently at hospital. I have been to the embassy and the police here, but their response was too casual. The bad news is our flight will be leaving very soon, but we are having problems settling the hotel bills and the hotel manager won't let us leave until we settle the bills. I will need your help slash loan financially. I promise to make the refund once we get back home. You are my last resort and hope. Please let me know if I can count on you. And I need you to keep checking your email because it's the only way I can reach you. Thanks, Ed and Carolyn. Dear Ed and Carolyn, this is Jeff Fisher. My family and I are in Dallas, Texas. I have no idea who you are. I hope you make it out of Bacolod City, Philippines. But you're getting zero from me. I probably should have done that in an email. Hi! Welcome to it. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm still a little delirious. We had the, I know everybody, it's Christmas party time for companies and people all over the U.S., right? And it's no different here. And the huge, huge, huge Dallas Mercury Christmas party. Uh, whew, man, it's a party. Party. Only a party that Glenn Beck could throw is the party we were at. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Ah, we had a great time. It was nice. It was nice. You know, you had, everybody complains and whines and moans. I hate these things. I hate going to Christmas parties. I hate it. You have to see everybody. Some people you see every day. Other people you don't know. I don't know everybody. I know I met her last year. I don't, they're fun. Just relax and go with it. Make sure you talk to everybody. Make sure you say hello. Wish them Merry Christmas. Give them a hug. Okay? And have fun. And then get really, really Well, you know, if there's alcohol involved, that's what you need to do. Okay. So, have you heard the program, 100 Resilient Cities? No? Me either. 
pioneered by the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, 100RC, is dedicated to helping cities around the world become more resilient to the physical, social, and economic challenges that are growing part of the 21st century. 100RC supports the adoption and incorporation of a view of resilience that includes not just the shocks, earthquakes, fires, floods, etc., but also the stresses that weaken the fabric of a city on a day-to-day or cyclical basis. Examples of these stresses include high unemployment, an overtaxed or inefficient public transportation system, endemic violence, or chronic food and water shortages. By addressing both the shocks and the stresses, a city becomes more able to respond to adverse events and is overall better able to deliver basic functions in both good times and bad to all populations. Now that, on the surface, sounds pretty darn good, doesn't it? I think so, too. I think so, too. Did you know that if you are one of the resilient cities, uh, you get uh, financial and logistical guidance for establishing an innovative new position in city government. It's called a chief resilience officer. This is a new position in city government. A chief resilience officer who will lead the city's resilience efforts. You'll get expert support for development of a robust resilience strategy, access to solutions, service providers, and partners from the private, public, and NGO sectors who can help them develop and implement their resilience strategies. And Also, membership to a global network of member cities who can learn from and help each other. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? It does. It really, really does. Now, there, I don't know, it says a hundred resilient cities, but there are 70-some cities, I think, now. Uh, the newest cities, uh, which are, I mean, they picked 35 new ones. And I think you'll agree with me, these are cities that <laughs> are fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, you have to, you know, meet the new cities uh, for the 100 resilient cities. The latest cities selected in the 2014 100 Resilient Cities Challenges. Uh, There'll be more to come in 2015. Uh, Accra, Ghana. Amman, Jordan. Arusha, Tanzania. Athens, Greece. Barcelona, Spain. Belgrade, Serbia. Bengalura, India. Boston, United States. Cali, Colombia. Chennai, India. Chicago, 
Dallas, Deyang, China, Enugu, Nigeria, Hungashi, China, Juarez, Mexico, Kajali, Rwanda, Lisbon, Portugal, London, you know where those, England, okay, United Kingdom, Milan, Italy, Montreal, Canada, Paris, France, Phnom Penh, Cambodia, Phnom Penh, Phnom Penh, Cambodia, Pittsburgh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, Santa Fe, Argentina, Santiago de los Calabaros, Dominican Republic, Santiago Metro Area, Chile, Singapore, 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 St. Louis, huh, Sydney, Thessalonica, Greece, Toyama, Japan, Tulsa, Tulsa is a 100 resilient city, and Wellington City, New Zealand, those are the newest members of the 100 Resilient Cities Challenges. I'll let you decide whether you're for or against the 100 Resilient Campaign. But you'll they'll have funding to hire a Chief Resilience Officer, a CRO. I wonder if the, if the CRO will actually work for the dictator in charge of the... No. No, no, that's impossible. Assistance in developing a resilient strategy. Access to a platform. Don't forget, you're going to have access to a platform that will work like every other city around the world. So we can all just, <laughs> we can all just be the same and run things. This united world, one world. It's almost as if this is working in, I don't know, conjunction with other one-world initiatives. I don't know which ones. Um, You could probably figure it out yourself. I'll go ahead and tweet this, the 100resilientcities.org at at JeffyMRA. I'll put it on my Facebook page, too, Jeffrey Fisher. And you can peruse the site yourself and see what good the 100 Resilient City campaign will really do because I think, I think it will be tremendous. How can it go wrong, really? When we, if you have a problem, you go to the CRO, right? Of course. And they will help. They will help. Don't you think? I think so. I think so. And if you can go down and meet the team of the resilient cities and see just who's working for that wonderful world where we all can just have resilient cities that are ready to go with any kind of any kind of horrific action that could happen. Any kind of horrific action that could happen. We have quite a bit to get to today. How are you? I didn't, you know, go ahead, sip your coffee. Good morning. How are you? Happy day. Wherever you're listening, if you're listening, if you've downloaded this later, you're listening again. Hello again. If you're down, if you downloaded this and this is the first time you're hearing the broadcast, hi. How are you? Thanks for listening. Download it all you want, blaze.com slash radio. And take me with you wherever you go. I'm happy to go with you wherever you go. 
Is that creepy enough for you? Good. This is the Blaze Radio Network. If you'd like to participate in the broadcast, you could do so by dialing 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. Plenty of broadcasting shows all throughout the day on the Blaze Radio Network. Yes, not only do we bring you live, tremendous broadcasts, weekdays, we also bring you live, tremendous broadcasts. Well, I mean, this one anyway, on the weekends. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. Uh, immediately following this broadcast today, uh, Michael Pelka, his broadcast airs. Puro Pelka. Be sure to give him a listen. Thank you. All on the Blaze Radio Network. So since we were talking about the uh, 100 resilient cities powered by the Rockefeller Foundation, I was uh, looking at... Uh, <laughs> A list of the top 35 cities for people under 35. And I was looking at some of them. Some of them seem okay. Uh, you know, number 35, Garland, Texas. Garland is nice. I mean, it's a suburb of Dallas. It's, it's you know, right here in our neck of the woods here in Dallas. And this whole area is, you know, is really nice. One of the things that uh, gets a big – now, we were just in downtown Dallas last night. I love the cities. I mean, I, I really do. And, and and while I like to spend time there, you know what's really good about cities? I can still leave and just get out of the city. Because I'm, I'm, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the place to really be anymore. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, number 33. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Ugh. Reno, Nevada, number 32. Raleigh, North Carolina, 31. Charlotte, North Carolina, Scottsdale, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, San Diego, California, San Jose, California. Anything in California, I went off this list. Henderson, Nevada, Chicago, right. Plano, Texas. Plano is, you know, same same neck of the woods as here. It's a Dallas suburb. It's, you know, you're right outside of the, you know, this is the part of the Metroplex, as they call it. Uh, Winston-Salem. North Carolina, Irving, Texas, part of the Metroplex. There's three of them. I wonder why everyone is moving here. <laughs> I wonder why they, not a, just not enough construction happening here in this Dallas Metroplex. Lincoln. Really? Lincoln? Come on. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Boston, Massachusetts. Washington, D.C., Houston, Te- uh, Lubbock, Texas, uh, Dallas, Texas. I mean, they, everybody, they want everybody to move to the Dallas Metroplex, baby. Los Angeles, California. No. Fort Worth, Te- oh my gosh. Well, they just put the Metroplex. Boise, Idaho, Portland, Oregon, Madison, Wisconsin, St. Paul, Minnesota, Seattle. Those cities, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Madison, Wisconsin, St. Paul, Minnesota, 
uh, Seattle, Washington, Minneapolis, Minnesota, they get really cold. And it's not, you know, unless you really enjoy the cold, um, you might not want to live there. Uh, Austin, Texas. Denver, Colorado. Uh, San Francisco. Uh, Arlington, Texas. And New York, New York. If you're, they're saying for young people to go move to New York City? Wow. It may be expensive to live here. Uh, yeah, but a high cost of living is offset by the country's top public transportation system and one of the most diverse populations. There's also plenty residents can do without spending a fortune. Really, what could that be? Oh, live music and street food and public art installations. Street food? They give that away for free? They do? No. No. Uh, New York is cool, and it's a nice place to visit, and it's a good place to be, and I don't mean to take anything away from the people responsible for getting this broadcast on the air, working in New York City, in Manhattan, the borough of Manhattan, but uh, no. no. Even when I worked there, I mean, I lived in, in, another, lived in another state. But Arlington, uh, Arlington, what else? Uh, they put uh, Irving, Fort Worth, Plano. <laughs> What was the other place to play now? And a uh, Garland, yeah. That's all the Metroplex. I mean, if you want, if you, if you'd like to be a part of Texas and what's happening in Texas, this is the place to be, right? Right. The Metroplex. It is actually nice. One of the things that, uh, one of the things I do miss about uh, Pennsylvania is a little bit of the history. I mean, Dallas is, you know, Dallas is. I got it. It's the history of Texas and everything, but. Pennsylvania, and we lived uh, just north of Philadelphia. That area, um, a lot of history uh, in the United States uh, emanated from that neck of the woods. So there's a lot of stuff to do that uh, you brings you to talk about uh, the founding of this country, and it's there's a lot of you know a lot of a lot of really cool things to do, and um, whereas in here in Dallas. Um, you know, Fort Worth and go see the, go see the cattle. However, I found a little place in Oklahoma. I never thought I'd say this about the state of Oklahoma because I was told that I can't like it, like Oklahoma for many years. However, Oklahoma is a really pretty state. And so I found a really cool place uh, in Oklahoma that, <laughs> man, if I had your money, if I had your money, I would think about moving to Oklahoma. All right, we have to have our uh, weekly uh, Walking Dead update before. Do the recap. Uh, first half of the season is over. Next new show, February 8th. Come on. For just a second. I want to walk and get back. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. 
The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Sex among dementia sufferers from the baby boomer generation is set to become a legal minefield. This uh, from a little over a year ago. Currently, there are approximately 5 million people in the U.S. who have Alzheimer's. And with 40 million people in the U.S. now currently aged over 65, going to rise, going to rise. They're saying over 7 million uh, in 10 years, and that was a little over a year ago. Um, One case in Iowa, a place called Windmill Manor in Coralville, which endured a a bad case, a 70-year-old 78-year-old former college professor and an 87-year-old woman uh, were discovered having sex. Both had children. The woman had a healthy husband. Both suffered from dementia. Now, that's one, one case where people in the nursing home are having sex. Uh, right? Okay. And they, uh, they said uh, when they found them... Uh, they were uh, struck, and the woman who, you know, again had dementia, she uh, was calling the man her husband's name. Hmm. Hmm. So these are the people in the nursing home, right? Now, what the first of all, what's going on in Iowa? Because this story, out of Iowa, okay. This man, Henry Rayons, and his wife. Donna, inseparable. They went everywhere together. Okay, he was uh, he was a widower, both in their seventies, fell in love after both their spouses died. Okay. Today, he's awaiting trial on a felony charge of rape. Of who? His wife, Donna, she's at a nursing home. This is in Iowa. Okay? Uh, the attorney general's office says Rayon's had intercourse with his wife when she lacked the mental capacity to consent because she had Alzheimer's. Now, she died uh, in August, uh, just short of her 79th birthday. Okay? One week after she died, the man was arrested. Henry was arrested. And, of course, he pled not guilty. Now, okay, now to convict him, they're going to have to prove that the sex occurred uh, in his wife's room. Uh, then they're going to have to prove what? That uh, the wife didn't want to have it or was unable to uh, give her blessing. Right. So the state of Iowa versus Henry Rands. Now this is what's coming. My gosh. My gosh. And according to the, there's going to be within the next, it's growing. Right. 40 million people right now over 65. So they're saying uh, Alzheimer's. Oh my gosh. There's about 5 million now. Horrific disease. And then I don't know if you if you've ever known anyone who had the disease, but it is not pretty. And 
It's frustrating for the person as well because they come in and out and it's coming in and out of reality. And it's just you you see the person that you know and really isn't that person. However, I have a real problem with charging a husband who is has his wife in the nursing home and they were, you know, in love. I I got it. I got that she was, you know, that she has a disease. You know, maybe she came back out. I doubt it. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know the entire, I don't know that. You know, maybe for, maybe for that, you know, those 30 seconds, she was back out of dementia. But it's still his wife. And I know I'm going to hear, oh my gosh. Here we go. I'm sorry. Yeah, you can still say no if you're a husband or a wife. It's still rape. You're still raping your wife. You said no. No means no. I know. I got it. Okay. I got it. This is just strikes me wrong. It just strikes me wrong. Now, I don't know how you stop. I mean, you have to have some sort of uh, some sort of enforcement, right? And some kind of people, employees, uh, you know, walking the halls and making sure that your uh, your your patients and guests are safe from the places who are taking care of these people. Um, you don't want, you know, them, obviously people, uh, you know, are busy, you know, hooking up all over all the time. It's all okay, right? We could just party and have sex with everybody. And so, you know, you got to, that, that's tough when you start talking about the people inside. And you talk about, I mean, when you think about the rape of people who have Alzheimer's, in my mind anyway, I'm thinking of someone who is, uh, in their right mind and who is stalking the halls of the Alzheimer's ward and then, you know, picking their victim, right? Well, Henry Rands didn't stalk the halls and didn't pick some random victim. And he wanted to be with his wife. And so he ends up being with his wife and now we're going to charge him with rape? I just, I, 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 I don't know. And according to Catherine C. Pearson, who teaches and writes about elder law at Penn State Dickinson School of Law, and you, you know, you know, we all know Penn State Dickinson School of Law. She reviewed the case and... Uh, any partner in a marriage has the right to say no. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. What we haven't completely understood is, as in this case, at what point in dementia do you lose the right to say yes? Ah. Now there, Catherine, I'm with you. What is that point? I guess we'll find out in Iowa, won't we? But it's pretty sad that Henry Rands. The wife dies, and then he gets charged with rape. So if your parents 
if you're listening to this and your parents are aging and you're thinking about putting them into some sort of facility and on top of that if they are aging and have the horrible disease of alzheimer's which you know becomes very difficult to take care of at home uh, you know people take care of their parents uh at home all the time and it's and it's difficult and it's hard and i got it it's a, you know uh you know it's really hard i mean it's it's very difficult i watch my you I know mean, i watch my parents take care of my you know my grandparents and and it's you know at, at some point it becomes too much so you either have to bring in help right nurses medical professionals from the outside to come in or you have to put them in a facility that can tend to their needs 24/7 and you know actually let you take a breath in your home uh, and not have 24/7 worry right it's really hard but this is something that you're going to have to face if say uh, like the Rands uh, mom is in the home with Alzheimer's and maybe still coming in and out maybe not don't know you know the situation and dad says, you know, I'm going to visit mom. And uh, you get a call saying, hey, uh, you know, we just we just found dad with you, mom. What do you think we should do? Um, leave him alone? You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mike Opelka and his broadcast, Pure Opelka, coming up immediately following this broadcast in a little over an hour. And then, uh, look, the Blaze Radio on Saturday, you might as well just stay here. you got the Glenn Beck weekend, kind of rewinding the week a little bit for you, coming up uh, uh, right after Mike. And then Chris Salcedo goes live, Mike Slater goes live, Joe Pags live. I mean, the Blaze Radio Network, right? It's right here for you. There's no place to go anywhere else. And then Sundays, so you've got David Barton, uh, Bill Handel, uh, Gun Talk, Hollywood 360, new show uh, starting this week, uh, the Jackie D show. I mean, Sundays on Blaze Radio Network. First, you know what? Don't listen to anything else. Don't turn. Don't don't even think. Don't don't even think about turning on anything else. You leave it right there on the Blaze Radio Network, because then weekdays you have Doc and Skip. Glenn, you know, his last name is Beck. You know who he is. Uh, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. <laughs> I mean, that's a heck of a, that's a heck of a lineup. Blaze Radio Network. So let's take a look at a couple of the headlines, shall we? Uh, Cruz, our senator from Texas. Uh, he's launched a process that could force the. He's saying that Obama's immigration action violates the Constitution and is closer to the act of a monarch than a president. What? No. No. That, that, 
can't be possible, right? Now, the House narrowly passed it. It's only a trillion, a little over a trillion. The uh, the omnibus spending bill, right? It's a little over it's a little over a trillion. Don't worry about it. But if you look at some of the headlines, messy end to funding fight, huh? Uh, long-term blank check for war spending. Uh, yeah. Uh, vote delayed. Oh my gosh, what? No. Going to slow it down? No. And if you don't think that Mitch McConnell and John Boehner aren't weasels, just watch. And look at, oh my gosh, if you have an opportunity, just look at some of the pictures that came out of D.C. in the last couple days of those weasels with President Barack Obama. All the, all the momentum that the hated Tea Party uh, brought to D.C. Uh, just shut down on the desks of John Boehner and Mitch McConnell. I mean, even before this all started... Well, we can't shut down the government. I mean, there's no way we can shut down the government. So we're not we're not even going to put that on the table. That's what you have to fight with. That's your that's your main. That's a strong weapon. Um, you can say whatever you want, but if we have to, we're shutting this thing down, and we're not funding anything, which really isn't doesn't mean a complete shutdown. It just means that it runs running right. It's running the way it's supposed to almost. You take that off the table, your fight is gone. And that's what happened. So they're all lovey-dovey up on Capitol Hill. It's a beautiful thing. We're all just lovey-dovey with each other. (laughs) I love it. I do. I'm glad that we all just get along because we all just want to get along. Just ask the Department of Justice, right? 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 And you've got Eric Garner, Mike Brown, coming to a city near you, maybe one of the resilient cities. It's very possible that one of the resilient cities could have that coming to a hands up, don't shoot. I can't breathe coming to a city near you. Count on it. And I got this email from, uh, oh, and then there's reports on the Islamic State. <laughs> Don't worry about the JV team over there. Forget about it. Forget about it. They're going to love us because well, you know how, why they're going to love us? Because we're letting their pals go at Guantanamo because we can't torture them. Heaven forbid we gave them. You gave them vanilla pudding instead of chocolate? Horrific. Set them free. I mean, so this email came to my box. Hillary wants us to have empathy for our enemies. And Carrie wants to sanction our friends. Lois can't find her emails. And Obama hates the Constitution. And Holder hates the police. And Sharpton hates white folks. And... The Dems can't figure out why they lost the Senate and the House. Huh. Just a little poem. It's a little poem sent to the jeffy at glenbeck.com email address. So much more of the broadcast to come. We've got, I mean, we've got 
big stuff to get to. Plus, you know, my gosh, we are so close to Christmas now. Are you ready? Got the decorations up? Got all your presents? Got everything ready to go coming to your house that you bought online? I hope so. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate in the broadcast. Michael Pelka with Piero Pelka standing by in the wings to take over immediately following this broadcast. So last night we had our Christmas party, the Mercury Christmas party here in Texas. And I know that they're having their uh, New York Christmas party sometime next week. Although, we're actually the people that work on this show in New York have no idea when the party is. So really there isn't one in New York. And I'm just telling you that because it sounds good. Anyway, and it reminded me, I mean, first of all, we got the my wife has got the house all decorated. looks great. She's been hell-bent on. We need to do this. Do this. Come here. Come here. I'm laying down. I don't care. We need to put this up. I know what I'm laying down. I'm tired. I don't care. We need to put this up. This needs to be good. Okay. The house looks great. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing the outside. All right, the kids are, we've got to put stuff up. The neighbors have got stuff up. No. No. What's going to be good, though, is I'm going to give in and say, all right, well, I'll tell you what. We've got some of the old big blow-up balloons in the garage. The, there's, I don't know, some snowman and Santa and some penguin or something. They haven't been blown up in a long time. They've been to, like, maybe three or four moves. I'll tell them. All right, we'll put those up. I'm not going to put anything else up. We'll put those up. And there's no way. I haven't tested it. So I could be could fall back in my lap. But there's no way those things are holding air. There's no things that probably doesn't work at all. So when those go up and deflate, and you just got the flat penguin in the front yard and Santa's laying on top of the tree because he doesn't blow up, I'm good. I'm good. Well, I was going to do it. But, uh, whew, man. Can't do it now. Those things don't work. But, Dad. No. Look at the inside of the house. That's where Christmas is, okay? But so many pre- I was talking to uh, I was talking to someone here the other day, and they're telling me that uh, they've got a new baby, and the mom-in-law is going crazy with all these presents, just you know, stacking up presents and presents for the kid. And I was reminded, we all want, you know, tons of presents for our kids i get it and we and we do do that i mean sometimes i feel like it's we go way too overboard i'm sure my kids would disagree with that but it's like oh my i'll get enough already 
All right. I know they want all this stuff, and I know that they'll really like this, and I know that this is going to be really cool, and I know this, but enough, enough. And I was reminded of a time when my oldest son was real little, five, you know, four or five years old, um, and maybe maybe younger even. And he was standing in the middle of the living room. You know, and we're, my wife and I are there, the grandparents are there, and, you know, it's, it's Christmas, we're opening presents, and he's standing in the middle of the living room crying because there's more presents to open, and all he wants to do is play with the ones that he's already opened. And at that point, I thought, enough, enough. There's no need for eight billion dollars worth of presents and 15,000 packages. There's just no need. It's too much. Enough. You know what? That's my new Christmas motto. Enough. Because I remember, I remember one of my favorite Christmases. And we were, I mean, we lived in some, I was, sharing a room with my brother who was sleeping in bunk beds in the two-bedroom house we lived at in the swinging town of Saginaw, Michigan. And uh, But I remember one of my favorite Christmases. I wanted a tape recorder with a microphone so that I could record myself. I could talk into the microphone. And then I could put the microphone up to the radio and record music that comes out of the radio. Huh? That's world class right there. You don't get that in today's world. That's all I wanted. All I wanted. Didn't care about anything else. And I remember waking up early, Christmas morning, coming out. My brother was still sleeping. My folks were sleeping. I remember walking through the dining room into the into the living room. And Santa had already come. I remember walking over and looking, and there it was. My tape recorder with the microphone. And I remember picking it up and looking at it. And I wanted to put it back just right. I was right, and I went back to bed. I just laid there and waited for my brother to wake up, find out what Santa brought. It was so cool. And I don't even remember if there was any more gifts. I don't even remember. But enough. Enough. You don't just just remember that. When you start feeling bad about, boy, I really wish I could do more for my kids. You know what? Enough. If you're doing what you can do for them, it's enough. They know that. They may not think they know it now, but they know that. No question. Now, this year, I got to figure out how to set it up because my kids are hell-bent on setting, hell-bent on Christmas, on setting up a camera to catch Santa. So I know my son, (laughs) my son, who's 12 now, he's all for it. We're catching, we're catching, we're catching the fat man this year, Dad. 
We're putting the camera up here on this landing. And there's no way anybody comes in and out of this room without being caught on this camera. Okay? Just got to make sure we have enough space on this disc. Or maybe we could just go buy a camera that is like a motion sensor so that something moves, it starts recording, you know, so it's like a security camera instead of this one because we're going to catch that bastard. He didn't say bastard. Although, eh, we're going to catch him. We're going to catch Santa this year, and we're going to have a picture of him because there's no way, no way, something's coming into this house dropping presents off in this room without getting on the camera. So, we're going to catch Santa in the act this year. Ha! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Then you'll see. Then you'll see. I will have video evidence. Okay? Then you'll see. Then you'll see. It'll be enough. Enough. But you know what there isn't enough of right now? Is how many times I can listen to Oh Come All You Faithful (laughs) from the Believe Again CD. I cannot hear this song enough. Now, to my family, they know that when I like a song, I play it a number of times you know, in a row. And they get sick of hearing particular songs that I play a lot um, and don't want to listen to them ever again, really. (laughs) I don't think they're at the end of their rope yet with Believe Again. Oh, Come All You Faithful. The whole album is fantastic, but this particular song, by David Osmond and Clyde Bowden is probably one of my favorite songs of all time. And David Osmond, this was actually one take. I mean, you may have heard Glenn tell the story before, but this actually, he did this in one take. The orchestra behind it uh, was put in later, and they put it in later. It took forever to match up to how good it was. Um I've seen the footage of the first cut. Uh, amazing. Amazing. So if you have a chance, I mean, if you go to glenbeck.com slash the store, uh, you can buy, you know, Believe Again. Uh, the YouTube video is up. I, I, I don't know that I Facebooked it, but I did tweet it this morning, at Jeffy MRA. I will put it up on my Facebook page too, Jeffrey Fisher, uh, so you can, you know, watch it and listen to it. But... Um, you know, hey, it's my show and I want to hear the song. I can't I can't go a show without listening. And there'd be like two hours that I'd be awake without hearing the song that I can't get out of my head. Uh no, that's not gonna happen. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. Uh, this from Twitter, at Jeffy MRA. Um, put your Santa suit on, big boy. Um, first of all, who says I have one? <laughs> who says I have a Santa suit? I mean... Just because I was a hundred pounds heavier than I am right now for a long time, so I was like this big fat guy. What makes you think that I would have a Santa suit? Huh? Huh? I have one. I this I got it as a gift from uh, a coworker. A co-worker bought me a Santa suit. I believe that. I'm trying to think who. I think it was. I think it was Sue Trikis, program director of 970 WFLA in Tampa, Florida, at the time. Thought she was funny. We'll get the fat guy a Santa suit and say, you know, you really you could hear it. It's a great Santa suit, and you could have it, and you could wear it for your kids and stuff. And then, you know, if you happen to want to wear it for any kind of thing that we've got going on around the station, uh, you'll have one. Oh. Okay. Thank you. And it's a really nice one. <laughs> but don't tell anybody I have it. Because then they're going to end up wanting me to wear it. And it's just going to be... I'm going to have to say no. Or Yes. You know, would you mind playing Santa, really? Would it be that tough of a gig? Really? No. I'm sorry. No. Uh, take your pictures. Smile. Be nice. Give out your little your little sucker. Merry Christmas. Talk to the kids. What do you want for Christmas? Oh, that's great. That's great. Kind of, you know, make sure you're making good eye contact with the folks, the parents. Good to go. Couple good shots of the kids, whether they're smiling or crying, you get that good shot, give them a little bit of love, spread the love, feel the love for, you know, however long Santa is on board now. Wouldn't Santa come come to the store a little after Thanksgiving? Were you there for a month, right? This year, maybe a little before Thanksgiving, but you're there for what, a month? You worked for a month? Playing Santa Claus with snotty little kids sitting on your lap telling you they want an Xbox? I mean, pretty good gig. You know what else is a good gig? Apparently, New York thinks it's funny. Apparently, they think it's funny. They think, hey, I'm part of your family, and we don't want to hear Oh Come All You Faithful, so we're not going to play it. Uh, fine. No problem. I'll play it from my end. Oh, come all ye Joyful and triumphant Oh, come ye Oh, come, come ye to bed 
The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. To it <sighs> on the Blaze Radio Network, Michael Pelka coming up immediately following this broadcast in about 30 minutes from right now on the Blaze Radio Network with pure Opelka. I'm sure he's going to be giving away something, he's always trying to give away some kind of fine product that you can't get anywhere else. That's for darn sure. That's what makes his broadcast the best. So, we've got some stories to get to that we just have not had a chance to get to. First of all, we've got Christmas shows abounding. Uh, Hallmark, Falalala Lifetime, and ABC Family. I mean, hello. Santa seeks a wife. It's just tremendous. I mean, Steve Gutenberg. Seriously, Steve. Tremendous, okay? Tremendous. However, and then, of course, sometime on the uh, Blaze TV network, uh, Christmas Twist uh, will be airing, and I think you could probably get that on demand if you were a subscriber to the Blaze.com network. Just saying. Just saying. However, ABC Family. A Ryan Seacrest production. The Disney-owned cable network. A straight-to-series pickup. Straight-to-series pickup. A show called My Transparent Life. It's a show about transgender. Gender, it's called Transgender Docu-Series, okay? It centers on a teen named Ben who learns his parents are not only getting a divorce, but also that his father is becoming a woman. <laughs> and hilarity ensues from there. Come on! Really? ABC Family... Straight to pick up my transparent life. I, mean, I get it. I got it. Just, you know what? You don't have to watch. Who said that before? I've heard that somewhere before. You don't have to watch. Just be ready for it. ABC Family, a Ryan Seacrest production docuseries. I love the straight to series, too. We don't care. Uh, it's good, not good, whatever. Straight to series. Uh, we got it. Here's your buddy. Let's go. Uh, my transparent life. Ben learns his parents are getting a divorce. <laughs> oh, they're going to divorce because dad is becoming a woman. Come on. And if you think, if you think for a second, like we've talked about on this show, that robots are not going to become a part of your life, think again. And now... Some robots are going to be here quicker than you thought. 
Ash bots is what they're calling them at Lowe's. Okay. I'm telling they're going to have with all the get this. Why would they have um, these ash bots uh, in their uh, in their halls to answer the most asked questions? Huh. Um, according to this story, get this, and I just I just run this by a little bit, okay? Um, with regulations and mandates. On the rise, uh, these types of customer service robots could be a retailer's last hope to remain in business. What? You mean if the minimum wage goes up to $15 an hour, everyone won't still have a job? What? People won't pay $14 for a Happy Meal? What? You'll have just as many employees, if not more, that make $15 an hour at Burger King? What? You mean the cashier at Walmart who's part-time making $15 an hour won't raise my prices at the store? What? Think again. You and I, you and I know that, right? I mean, we know that's completely not true, right? So... When Ferguson comes to you, <laughs> yeah, uh, just tear it down. Just burn it down. That's all. Just burn it down. Make it all go away. Anyway, they're testing these robots. They actually look kind of cool. They're just, uh, they're not, uh, you know, they're not going to be walking around the store. Hello, how are you? But they, they just they roll the aisles and, you know, you know how you have the price checkers uh, throughout the stores? Well, these would be just kind of like moving price checkers. I love that. I love it. Love it. So the times when you you still have humans that you can go ask specific questions to, but you just have moving around price checkers and what aisle is what aisle is, are the nails on and what I you know what I'm I'm looking for AC filters aisle 14B, sir. Thank you. I mean that's. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Plus, if you have a kid that's getting ready to go out of the workforce, maybe, maybe instead of telling them, hey, you could go to work for Lowe's and make $85 an hour just by telling people where the nuts and bolts are <laughs> and restocking light bulbs in aisle B, <laughs> you could have them figure out how to fix the robots that Lowe's will have roaming the aisles. And then they'd be uh, they'd be a, a commodity? Would that be something that somebody could think of? No. 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 That, that, no. That just will not happen. Life in the train age. Uh, Dutch trains testing these lasers that are going to blast rail debris. Now, when I worked in New York, I took the train every day. I mean, you take the train, you go from, uh, we went, I lived in Pennsylvania, so the main depot is Trenton, New Jersey. You know, Pennsylvania and, and New Jersey are pretty close right there. So you go to Trenton, you hop the train, Northeast Corridor, it's called, take it into Manhattan, Penn Station. So you take the trains. And there's always slow down delays, something's wrong, something broke down, there's debris on the tracks, there's snow. 
That's why it's good to go to the early one. The 601 Express, my man who drove the 601 Express, was the main man for New Jersey Transit, baby. He was the 601 Express. He wanted to get into the city. That's why when you fly in these days, you want to get the early flights because those guys are the guys that want to get going. Because in the middle of the day, something breaks down, breaks the whole package down across the country. And just like a train breaks down, Northeast Corp breaks the whole thing down. And it takes a while to get them back. So anyway, they've got these lasers they're working on the front of the train. And they're planning on you know being able to you know use the lasers to zap the debris on the tracks. And, you know, it's cleaning them, shut them off. If the train gets shaky, it's supposed to shut them off automatically and stuff. Go ahead. Stand in front of the train on the tracks now. See how cool you are. Yeah. Debris equals you should not stand in front of the train. The train cut off my legs. No, it couldn't have. Couldn't have. Couldn't have. So, holidays are here. I plan on doing some serious movie watching. I've got some serious movies to catch up on. Man, there is just no doubt about it. I've been really lackadaisical in my movie viewing. According to Facebook, now this is according to Facebook, the top 10 movies of 2014, okay? Frozen, number one. Probably should have went 10 to 1. Eh, too late now. Number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is These are the Facebook top ten movies of 2014. Uh, number three is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm sorry. Know how to read the list, Jeff. Uh, number two is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we'll be seeing that in the next, in the next couple weeks. Uh, Maleficent. I actually kind of enjoyed that. A lot of people didn't said they didn't like that, but I, I thought it was okay. I like the, the twist on it. I like the take. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with a new take. Oh, my gosh. There's a new take on something. Amazing. Instead of, oh, let's do uh, Sleeping Beauty 8. Number six, The Fault in Our Stars. I'm not sure why The Fault in Our Stars. Uh, number five, of course, was, you know, the Lego movie. I tried to bypass the Lego movie for you, but it's number five. Uh, number seven, Transformers, which I enjoyed. I, you know, I'm a Transformer. My my son, uh, my youngest son is a Transformer. Uh, uh, well, let's just say freak, geek. Uh, he's an expert on Transformers, and I do mean expert. And we have, like, I have, uh, when I say enough, I'm kind of talking to myself about Transformers because we have, like, $800 million worth of Transformers in my home. We have Transformers uh, in robot mode. We have Transformers in uh, auto mode. Uh, we have Autobots, Decepticons, the middle ones. We have drawers full of, of accessories to Transformers. Oh, that goes to the... Uh, that goes to the bumblebee that was the color of the first cartoon from 1992. And that bumblebee was voiced by, and it had this particular 
a knife on the side when he became a robot, but then they took it away in the second. Go, okay. And so I took him. We go to we. I take him to Botcon when it was here in Dallas, which you know was like I mean, taking him to heaven. And uh, we're walking around Botcon, and and I, I mean, my, I, I was proud of him, my boy. He's an expert because he was standing in front of this glass case with some stuff, and this other kid comes up and starts talking to him and pointing at. Some of the stuff, and Maximus looks at him like, no, that that's not right. Um, this is what this is. And the kid kind of looks at him and goes, whatever, and walks away. So <laughs> we go up, and we're, we're going down the aisle of where, you know, all these different guys are selling, hawking their wares of Transformers from, you know, this particular Transformer has not been opened, and it was made with loving hands of some lady in Japan in 1982, before Transformers were even known to exist. And uh, Max is looking at these, and he goes, and he looks at me, he goes, I really like that one. And the guy starts talking to him about it and asks him a question, and he laid out the whole thing. Made in Japan, you don't see them here in the States. It's from the cartoon, it's from this, it's from that. And the guy was like, Fantastic. I even got a discount. Nice. Thank you. Did you still have to spend a bunch of money on that, though, Jeff? Yeah? That's really not a discount, then, is it? This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. All right, so uh, we talked a little bit about the Facebook top ten, and of course, the Facebook is so much different than the gross gross movies here in the U.S. that are the top movies. I mean, number one, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Domestically, over three hundred million. Hunger Games, Mockingjay, already two hundred and sixty-five million. My gosh, I haven't seen that yet. I'm so mad at myself for not having seen that yet. That I may go see that this weekend because even I have to see that stupid movie. Captain America: Winter Soldier, eh? Lego Movie. I mean, I enjoyed the Lego Movie. Transformers. That's why they were so mad about Transformers didn't make three hundred million domestically, two hundred forty-five. But they had already made over three, almost four hundred million worldwide. I mean, these these are these domestic grosses. Please, it's not even close to worldwide. And then uh, DVD. Sales, oh my gosh! And then junk sales. Think of all this. Think of all the stuff that they're hawking right now for Christmas: Guardians of the Galaxy, Hunger Games, Captain America, Lego, Transformers. Those five movies right there. All the money they're making on stuff from the movies. That's good. I mean, that's that's capitalism right there. And most of those stinking people making those movies pretend to hate America. And yet they love America when it's going into their bank accounts. I don't get it. I don't understand it. America sucks. Go watch our movie and spend your money, though. Please. Please. Please do that. That, that would be great. Thank you. I'm Michael Pelkin coming up. He's ready in the bullpen. He apparently is uh, giving away, or last week, he, apparently, he tried to give away some uh, some luggage tags. I guess that didn't go over well. Uh, so, man. 
Think about what he's going to give away this week. I mean, if he gave away luggage tags last week, oh, wow, what is going to happen this week? I mean, he may give away, I don't know, a loose button. <laughs> oh, maybe you got a shirt that it matches. Have a great week. We'll see you. Has anyone told you really today, anyone have told you at all that you looked good? No? Well, you do. You look great. I mean that. You look great today. Except you're not going to really wear that all day, are you? Okay. 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 It looks good on you. <laughs> okay. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.